This is Work of the Beat. It is Wednesday, October 21st, 2020. I'm Kevin Cooney along with Mike Kern. Glad you could join us. Give me what you can tonight. As we preview Eagles and Giants tomorrow night, uh, critical must-win game for the Eagles. There's no other way of saying it uh, at this point as we, as we look at forward to that. We'll talk a couple of other topics as well. Uh, Philadelphia basketball legend back in the fold with the Sixers organization. We'll discuss that. Uh, we'll talk about a Philadelphia institution uh, and its cry for help uh, a little bit. And remember one of the great days in Philadelphia sports history. It took place 40 years ago tonight. Hello, Michael. How are you? Yeah, man. Uh, I, I would say this about what you first said. Yes. If they lose, the season isn't over. So, like, until you face a game where if you lose, the season is over, then I, I, in a division like this, I understand everything you're saying. You got the Giants at home. But if, God forbid, they were to lose this week and win the next two, their situation really wouldn't be a whole lot different except they would have one less division win uh, if it came down to tiebreaker stuff. But, you know. Oh, and you would be uh, 0-2 in the division. Well, no, they would have beaten. Yeah, but if they win the next two no, after no. this. I understand what you're saying. I'm saying, though, from a standpoint of going into the next two, you're 0-2 yeah. in the division. I, I think mentally they need to beat the Giants. Uh, you know, I, I can't see where you're 1-5. and five and, I, I, I won't disagree with you, Kevin, but you, when you say it's – like, it's like when you ask me every week, like, who's the best teams in the NFL? And last week I said, well, Kansas City. So, and you were like, well, they just lost. You can't. We, we have a tendency oh. to react to every week. So if Kansas City looks great this week, oh, wow, you know what? And then they lose a game. We're like, well, they lost. It, it's, you can't judge it like that. Now, you can judge it like that in late December when you're going into the playoffs and maybe you have a bad effort or something. But all I'm saying is, yes, the Eagles really need to win tomorrow. But if, God forbid, they lost somehow, some way, and then – they found a way to beat the Cowboys at home, which just doesn't seem like a shot. And they found a way then to go up to New York coming off a bye. Mm-hmm. And they were 3-5-1 three, three weeks from now or whatever that would be. Um, no matter how they get to the 3-5-1, the worst they would be at that point would probably be a half a game out of the division lead. So I can't sit here and say, yes, would it be great if they won the next three? Will they be favored in the next three? I'm guessing Yes, to all those things. But, but you know, if we're sitting here Friday, I'm not going to say the season's over. Well, you know, it, it, what, the season is what the season is. Somebody's going to win this division with, at best, a 500 record. Okay? And they're going to host a playoff game. It's not going to be better than that. Right. Anybody that thinks it's going to be anything but that, it isn't. Whether it's the Cowboys that win the division or the Eagles that win the division and – the best thing the Eagles have going for them, even though they were missing nine starters the other day, mm-hmm. they have Carson Wentz. The Cowboys don't have Dak. Um, the Red, the Giants don't have Saquon. And the Redskins, who beat the Eagles, by the way, don't have the quarterback they start the season with for whatever reason. So, But, yeah, I understand exactly what you're saying. Yeah, if, if they lose Thursday, everybody will bury them, and rightfully so. But if they come back and get to 3-5-1 and one, – then what will we be saying when they're three, five, and one? You won't be saying the season's over. 
So you're assuming if they lose tomorrow that that well, my assumption, my assumption is okay. If you go to one five and one, and with the amount of injuries they have, and with um, kind of the kind of just where they are as an organization, I, I think it would be fair to wonder would they would this and you have losses to two division opponents that are the worst two. I think it would be fair to wonder if they bounce back from that. I really think that, it is. That, but that's a different question, Kevin. You, you, right. What I'm saying to you is you're saying they couldn't get from 1-5-1 and one to 3-5-1, and one, and you may be right. But when the opponents are the Cowboys and the Giants, you know, and they almost just beat the Steelers and the Ravens, I don't know how we can make that jump. I, I agree with you. Every game they play is like life and death, mm-hmm. you know, from here on out because – Every win's like a bonus. You know, it's like, oh, my God, we won a game. You know, because this division is so ungodly bad that you're you're never out of it until you're out of it. So should they win tomorrow night? Absolutely. I mean, I don't see why they shouldn't if they play like they did most of the last two weeks, not maybe the first half of last week. But, um, you know, I, 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 you know, I, I just can't. Sit here, even the Cowboy game. Like if they lose, let's say they beat the Giants twice but lose to the Cowboys. Yeah, that means you're you're playing catch up most of the rest of the way, and then you got to beat Dallas in Dallas in late December. But could they do that? Yeah, I just saw the Cardinals go to Dallas and and you know turn them into uh, you know a pal team or something. So I mean, it's like you know this division is so bad that. It just to try to make any kind of sense with, and I guarantee you, if they're four, four and one three weeks from now, this whole town will be Gaga, not Gaga in the sense that they're going to the Super Bowl, but Gaga in the sense that oh my God, we're the Eagles again because that's how that's how this town is. It's 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 you know, so you be, if you beat the Giants twice and the Cowboys and you get the four, four and one, what does that mean? It just means that you probably win the division. That's mm-hmm. all, which is better than not winning the division. I guess some of the news that came out today, uh, Deshaun Jackson is going to play uh, tomorrow night. Uh, Lane Johnson's going to give it a go tomorrow night. How long does he play, Kev? <laughs> I meant Deshaun. <laughs> no, I, I. Well, honestly, you can say that for both. I mean, you know, with the way, uh, yeah, with the way. No, but it's a hammy with Deshaun, right? Yeah, and it's the ankle with Lane Johnson that is. You kind told of, me before the season. You you said Deshaun's going to limp off in week two or three, and you were you were pretty right <laughs> well and and, and and there is no Alshon Jeffrey he will miss his seventh week in a row which is a yeah. another mistake by the front office that they didn't put him on um, the pup list to begin the season that would have saved them a roster spot and um no no, no Miles Sanders but who would they have roster spotted on there I mean I, I don't know it's, well they, yeah, I know. I know what you're saying. I but I mean, it. I get it. Um, no, Miles Sanders. JJ Arcega. <laughs> no, Miles Sanders. No, Zach Ertz. No. And didn't didn't, um, didn't uh, Lane kind of make the decision himself? Isn't that the way it kind of came out? I think it's like pain tolerance is basically what it what it is. But he basically said he was sick of seeing seeing his quarterback get KO'd. Right? Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, it, it boils down to the 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 point, Mike. That. One, let's take the Johnson thing. I admire Lane Johnson for trying. But if he doesn't get through this game, 
Okay, and they'll have a long week before they play Dallas, and then they'll have the bye after Dallas. And we should point out that the trade deadline is after the Dallas game. You have to look for another option if Lane Johnson's not going to be around. I mean, yeah, but what's the option? I mean, it's it's you're going and, to well, and that and that boils down to the question: If you're Howie Roseman, do you try to make trades and potentially give up draft picks to win the division this year? Well, I I think. In a town like Philadelphia, yeah, I think I think if you can play a home playoff game in January, yeah, I I, I think you do. I mean, I'm not saying you give up three first round picks for you know, I don't mean that, but I think you have to shop because I'll guarantee you, Lane Johnson has a high ankle sprain, right? Yeah, they don't go away. No, I mean I remember covering Temple one year when Pepe had one, mm-hmm. and it was like. It, it just never went away. It, it, they're like the worst kind of ankle sprains you can have. And I'm sure Lane Johnson's going to play through a lot of crap, but would it shock you if he walked off on, you know, on thir- on tomorrow night? I mean, um, I just don't know what Howie can do. Uh, you can get a body probably, you know. Um, yeah, it's not going to be Pro Bowl quality. It's going to yeah. be a body. I mean, yeah, so, I mean, if you're talking about giving up, like, a fifth-round pick or something or, you know, to get a body, yeah, I think you do that. I, I Why not? You know, would you rather be – I mean, look, it, it's like I said, would you rather be in the playoffs or not? It isn't going to change your draft position that much. I mean, you know, so instead oh, of – Oh, it could. Well, let, let's say you don't make the playoffs and you, and you have the 10th or 12th pick somewhere in there and you make the playoffs and you have the 18th pick. I'm going to get all excited because I'm. I, I'd rather be in the playoffs with a home playoff game than move up five spots in the draft. I've seen them move up five spots in the draft. It doesn't do much. Uh, you know, yeah, Carson. I mean, the Carson year, that moving up was good. Every you other know, move up's been off. bad. What's that? Every other move up's been bad. I, they I moved up for God, Dillard. Dude. They moved up the yeah. Yeah, but even going back decades. I can. And well, I, have can to have a I, I examine it with the Howie Roseman years. Yeah, I know. No, no, you're right. But I'm just saying, as a franchise, I remember the Eagles have moved up. Mm-hmm. Oh God, I, I remember they went for a big offensive tackle from Tennessee one year, like in the late '90s. He was supposed to be every. You know, I'm just saying is with the Eagles Anton draft Davis. history. Me, yeah, me picking 13th and being in the, or me picking 18th and being in the playoffs. Because there's, there's how many teams? 14 teams in the playoffs, right? Uh, yeah, this year it's seven each Okay, conference. so if, if you're the 14th team, record it goes record-wise, right? It doesn't go if you won the division. It's record-wise, but a division team automatically goes towards the bottom 14. The division winner no, automatically no, no, no. goes to the... What I'm saying is if the Eagles make the playoffs at 7, 8, and 1, yeah. they could be picking four, they, they, they could, could be picking. The they could be picking 18th. Right, okay, so we're talking the 18th pick. Uh-huh. If they didn't make the playoffs, they might be picking what? Five spots higher? I, I no, mean, I think it would be legitimate to think they would pick in the top ten. Well, how do you move eight spots if you're six? If you only win six or seven games, how many teams are going to win le- in this league are going to win less than six or seven games? Probably. Oh, I understand. Okay, okay. So let's even say it's ten. Right. Let's say you go from eighteen to ten, and I'm the Eagles organization. I'd rather say I was in the playoffs because it gives you a level, even though it's a joke, in, in a sense. I mean, what, but Mike, what are you really playing for at that point? I mean, you well, know, then, if, why play, then why play, Kevin? I mean, no, I'm like just you, saying, if I'm if I'm the organization, 
if I'm the organization and I'm looking at what could be a longer-term bill, which I think is what's going to happen here, I, I, you know, those eight spots are huge. Kevin, think about what you're saying. If I said to you one year, hey, the Phillies can make the playoffs with 86 wins because the NL East just stinks, mm-hmm. and you would say to me, nah, nah, nah. Now, I, I'd rather have 79 wins or 80 wins and pick. No, 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 no. No, you play to win. And I understand that being in the playoffs with a, with a 500 record and hosting a game that you might not win, I get it. That's not what you're aspiring to. I'm, but but to me, you you cannot say, oh, we don't care about that, especially when you've been in the playoffs three straight years and you can say, hey, we made the playoffs four straight years. And how many teams in the league can say that, even if it's whatever it is? And maybe you catch lightning in a bottle and win a game. You won't win more than one, but – and then it gives Carson Wentz a chance to play in a playoff game. Some of these young guys a chance to maybe play. Fulgham, maybe he gets to play in a playoff game. Um, maybe Miles Sanders gets to play. in. A, you know, I'm just saying is it, it, there's no way that I'm going to say I'd rather win two less games and get a higher draft pick because I'm thinking about 2023. There's, there's, that, I, I can't think like that. You know, I, I can't. I mean, if they were really, really, really a bad team, which if they had all their players, they wouldn't be. They, they'd be a 500 or whatever they are. I just can't. And I don't think the fans in Philadelphia, to be honest with you, Kevin, would appreciate that. I really don't. You know, it's like, it's like some years, you know, the, Flyers, the Flyers might make it as the last team in the East. And while we don't think we're not that, but we're still saying, hey, they're in the playoffs. But I'm looking at it, Mike, that, no matter what happens from here to the end, and when you look at what they are, okay, I'm looking at it from a, 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 a bigger picture viewpoint than just these 12 months, okay? I'm looking at it from a, a longer a longer term then, then bench Carson Hold on, hold on, hold on, Mike. No, no. I, but I understand what you're saying, Kevin. You need to make some decisions here about that – are are the general picture if i'm jeff lurie i'm looking at this and whether i make the playoffs or whether i don't really shouldn't change the way i look at my organization and say i need some work I, there's some work that has to be done but, here but that's not what you're saying kevin you, you see you explain things after you say them what i'm saying to you is you can make the playoffs and think like you're thinking i, I get that jeffrey lurie's not going to sit there and go man we went seven eight and one we made the playoffs we're fine no 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 but you asked me but if, but if, if the team should basically try not to make the playoffs to gain six, six spots in the draft, and I'm telling you no. Because if you want to do that, then sit Carson Wentz tomorrow. Put Jalen Hurts in the game. Let Jalen play the last ten games. You know, and you'll win four games. And, you, and, you'll, and you'll pick in the top five or six or whatever. You can't do that. I'm sorry. That, that's... Now, if you're saying how's Jeffrey Lurie thinking or what does he say to Howie or what does he say to Doug, that's a totally different question. And I don't think the Eagles are stupid enough to think that if they make the playoffs by going 7-8-1 or 8-7-1 or whatever, that they've, that, they, that they've turned some kind of whatever. I'm, I'm just saying is I'd still rather be one of those seven teams playing in the NFC than now. If, if the choice were you can finish – uh, with the second overall pick, eh, then I might listen to you. But they ain't going to finish with the second overall pick. So once you take the first five or six or seven picks out of the equation, 
where I can't get Trevor Lawrence or I can't get, you, you know, I mean, so if the Eagles got the number one pick this year, they would take Trevor Lawrence and what, get rid of trade Wentz? I mean, you know, I, but that's a different equation as to say I'm going to get a really good offensive lineman at nine as opposed to getting a really good player at 18. That's all I'm saying. Uh, I'm actually looking something up here as we uh, record this. I, but do you think – let me let me try to phrase it the right way. Do you think that if you lose tomorrow night, it's fair to have a conversation on whether this would all be worth it going forward? If you're a no. fan. I'm not talking to the organization. I'm talking if you're a fan. Well, the fans are the fans. The fans on Friday morning will be calling WIP and, and the Fanatics saying how horrible it is. But if they're 3-5-1 and one, and they're a half a game out of first after the 3-5-1, and one, they're going to be saying, yeah, we're not that good, but we could still, you know, they're not going to say let's lose the next game to get the 3-6-1. and one. Mm-hmm. So I, that, that's the point I don't understand what, what you're trying. The fans have already tuned them out. The fans are down on them, but if they get the 4-4-1, four, four, and one, they're not going to be down on them. So, you know, fans go week to week to week to week. We saw that the last two years. They buried this team two years ago, and then they made the playoffs. They beat the Bears, and they almost beat the Saints, and everybody's like, ah, oh, Christ, we could have won another Super Bowl. Last year, they make the playoffs, and, man, if Carson's healthy, we can get to the Super Bowl. Now, this year they brought, they wouldn't say that, but I'm just saying, Kevin, that's fans. You know, what else are they going to cheer for? Yeah, that's the a good Sixers point. don't start for another three months. The Flyers don't start for another three months, and the Phillies are six months. So this is what you got. This is, this is all you got. And I guarantee you next week when the Cowboys come in, they, they won't be pumped for that like if both teams were six and one, but it will be for the division lead, I guess. Unless the Eagles lose this week and the Cowboys beat the Washington football team, um, you know. By the way, I, I, you're gonna you're gonna shout me down when I say this, okay? You want to talk about the difference between ten and eighteen, right? There are already mock drafts out, and the mock drafts that are out right now have the Eagles, by the way, picking at nine based on their record. Okay. If you it, sure, Jalen Waddle is who they have, the wide receiver from Alabama. There's, okay. There's also Sam Cosme, who's the big offensive tackle from Texas who was in that neighborhood. Okay. That's in the 9-10 range. Right. If you get down to 19 or 20, you're talking a defensive tackle, an outside linebacker, and a, an interior lineman from Oklahoma. Kevin, I know. I'm just saying. That the, no, no, no. Listen, no. Let me, let me t- do you understand how absurd it is what you're saying? You, you know – First of all, you don't know if the Eagles would take one of those guys. First of all. Second of all is Metcalf went like 40th. Yeah. So so you're you're see, you're you're looking at charts. It, it appears saying, that the top five is basically what I'm saying. The top five is set. But what I'm what I'm trying to say to you, Kevin, that don't mean crapola. Right. You know, everybody said that the kid Judy from Alabama was the best wide receiver last year, and he may turn out to be that. But right now there's guys who are having better years than him. They could have got Jefferson. They didn't get Jefferson. That's all I'm saying is not every number 10 pick is better than the 18th pick. Right. You'll go back through the last 10 years of the NFL draft. So what you're saying is it makes – you're looking eight months ahead. 
Do the Eagles need to get better? Yes, absolutely. Even if they turned this around and won nine or ten games, which they're not going to, mm-hmm. but if they did, they still need to get better. They still need to do things better. They need to draft better. They need to whatever better. But but just saying, oh, I'd be better off picking 10 than 18, no, 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 no. I went through that with the Sixers for five years. <laughs> and what has it, it got me? By the way. I'm serious. By the way, um, the number nine pick, according to Kuiper's big board, right? Is the quarterback from North Dakota State, Trey Lance? Yeah, who might who? Yeah, what? He's not even playing this year, which is well, great. he's playing one game. Yeah, well, he played it already, I think. Uh, yeah, actually, you're yeah, right. So uh, October third against Central Arkansas. Yeah. Now, if 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 uh, you know Bill Belichick was making the pick for me, maybe I, you know, yeah, I, I mean, the Eagles' picks have been so extraordinarily bad. Now, I'm not going to give that. Rager gets a pass. He's he's just hurt, you know. He he that's whatever. You could have taken Jefferson, you could have taken Metcalf last year, um, you know, on and on and on and. I would on. almost have them stay away from a wide receiver this year, no matter what. But that's they're it. not going to take a wide receiver. No, they can't. They can't. They, they can't. But I mean, they took Rasul Douglas. They took Jones. I mean, you know, it's just you can't. That's why when you're talking about the draft, I I don't. What? What does it mean? They drafted Dillard. They moved up to draft Dillard. Right? Yeah. I mean, come on. No, 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 no. What if, God forbid, the Eagles get in the playoffs and by some freak of nature win a game? Maybe against Nick Foles. I was just going to bring that up because right now the potential matchup could be if the Eagles win the division against uh, the top wildcard team, and that has a good shot of being Nick Foles. See, and I don't think that's a good thing because if if the Bears were to win that game, mm-hmm. and there's no, you know, I mean, they'd probably be a better team. I mean, I guess. They I are a better team, yeah. Well, yeah, right now. I mean, I don't know what we're going to be in the first week in January. Um, you know, the Eagles might get a lot of guys back. Who the hell knows? Bears might get hurt. Um, but if Foles comes in here and wins that game, that's not good. Would, would it be the first? Would it be the first playoff game where a, the opposing starting quarterback has a statue of himself in the building he's playing in? Well, I don't think there's any opposing. I mean, how many quarterbacks have statues anywhere? Yeah. Um, you know, but I mean, look, it, it, it is it is what it is. You, you can't change history. This is the history, and the moment that the Eagles won the Super Bowl with Foles as the quarterback defines Carson Wentz for better or whatever. Until he wins a Super Bowl, well, or at least maybe gets to one, is and there plays w- and plays well in it? You know, even if the Eagles maybe don't win it. Well, and I was gonna, I was gonna ask you this: Is there any way that Wentz ever shakes the full statue or uh, shadow? Yeah, without without winning a Super Bowl, probably not, unless he has a Hall of Fame career. If he has a Hall of Fame career, which right now it doesn't. He's not on that path, that trajectory. But you know, I mean, Donovan McNabb never won a Super Bowl, and and but Donovan McNabb, I still think is the best quarterback the Eagles ever had. If you look at the numbers, and you and he's he's almost a super uh, a Hall of Fame guy. I mean, you could probably make you know the conversation. Um, but yeah, it's it's just the minute the Eagles won that Super Bowl that day, mm-hmm. and Foles was the MVP outplaying. The best quarterback who ever played, probably. Yeah, 
You, you, whether they put the statue up or not, the statue just added to it, and it's not Carson's fault. You know, it, it and no, and, but I think the only thing that could save Carson at this point is if people believe that the organization failed to surround him. Mm-mm. Won't be enough. You know, it think won't so. be en- No, it won't. It ultimately it won't be enough. That'll come into the. I mean, look, we talked about that with Donovan all those years yeah. too, right? Yeah. That Donovan never had wideouts. Then they went out and got T.O. and they went thirteen and one. You know, and and Donovan couldn't accept that because his ego won't accept the fact that people thought it was T.O. that made the difference. But that one year, I mean, if they could have kept that together, who knows what what might have happened? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Uh, maybe it was just destined to fall apart, but. But, you know, the, the Eagles won a Super Bowl. Carson gets a ring. He got him to 11-2 and two, uh, or 10-2. and two. I guess Foles finished that game off or however it went. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it's got to hurt him. I mean, it's got to hurt inside that you haven't even played in a playoff game yet. You know, in your, in your fifth year in the league. Um, and the Eagles moved up to number two to get you. Um, and all those kind of things. Um yeah, I mean, you wonder, Kevin, what would have happened if Carson had never hurt his knee on that play? Yeah. I, I don't know. I, 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 I mean, they know, could have easily know. have lost to Atlanta. I mean, even I with Carson. He, anything could have happened. But, I mean, would he have been the MVP? You know, probably. Um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, it, mm-hmm. but once Nick did that, mm-hmm. God bless him. And and then and then I think even the next year when he led them into the playoffs at the end and won the game against Chicago and almost won the game against New Orleans, he became like a an unworldly an out of world figure, you yeah. know. Um, and good, yeah. Look, that's Carson's problem. Mm-hmm. That's not our problem. No, um, we got you know we as a fan base got a Super Bowl out of it. All right, um, let me the, the, you know let me run down some of the uh, numbers here. Um, and so you don't think the Eagles are going to win the Super Bowl this year? No, I, I do not. And right. Probably by extension, you don't think they're going to win it next year. <laughs> so checking in on Fox Bet, okay? Um, the Eagles are five and a half point favorites over the Giants. What's your hunch? Yeah. I wouldn't bet the Giants. I mean, look, the Eagles are the better team, I, even with all the injuries. Mm-hmm. They're just the better team. Now, uh, how much does the home thing matter on a Thursday? I, I, you know, I don't know. Um, they're going to be without Miles. That does not help. Um, Being I without Ertz doesn't help. Right. No, does not help. I, I would throw the ball to Fogum a lot. Okay, he would be – I would throw the ball to um, – Greg Ward. Ward a lot. I would throw the ball to Deshaun. Not maybe a lot, but I, I would – I would get him involved. I would try to find out. Hightower, I'm sure, is going to play. Um, uh, I would try to find out if Ortega Whiteside can actually do anything besides fall on a fumble in the end zone. <laughs> um, the Giants' defensive front is pretty good. Yeah. Um, their offensive line is not very good. And so, you know, we, we could the Eagles' defensive line might have a good night. Um, I think the Eagles' defense is really going to have to play a good game. Like hold the Giants to like under twenty. I'm Giants uh, offense stinks. They got um, Garrett's calling the plays. He stinks. Yeah. Um, the quarterback, I'm not sure about, but be, I, I don't know if it's Devontae Freeman's not a bad running back. No, he's not. But I don't think. I just don't see the Eagles losing this game. Okay. You know, are they going to cover the five and a half? Who the hell knows? 
Um, the over-under is 45 and a half. Yeah. Which for the modern NFL is it, Yeah, but really that's because the Giants' offense isn't real good. I think you know, kind of think the Eagles' offense isn't that great either, but... Well, they put up 28 and 29 I in the know. last two weeks against the number one and two defense in the in the league. And one of the games is on the road. So, you know, that's not, uh, you know... That, but they've also lost a lot of weapons, too. I understand that. But at the end of last week's game, they had no weapons, and they were still yeah. finding ways to, to score. Um I mean, if you like, I said, I'd say this all the time. If you put, put whatever I ha- I have to make a bet, I would take the Eagles, and I'd probably lay the points. Um, I would definitely play the money line, but I guess the money line you got to give up. Um, the money line is right now two twenty five. See, I don't think that's horrible. No, but Giants again, are plus one ninety. But you're talking about a one four and one team. I yeah. mean, it's like, yeah. I mean, uh, I, I and the Eagles have beaten this team like a drum. Like the last seven times in a row they've won. Yeah, but, but, isn't it, isn't but it hold like on, wait a minute. To Sixteen or something. Wait a minute. Five of the last seven have also been a one-score games. Yeah, but including but an overtime were, game last year. Yeah, some of those were with Eli. Um, you know. Uh, yeah, I, I look. I, I look. I couldn't bet either team. No, but, but if I, I'm going to make a formal pick, I'm going to take the Giants. I'll take the five and a half. No, I, I would probably go the other way only because I think the Eagles are probably looking at this game like that Armageddon game, you know, that you, you, you were kind of talking about. Right. They're not stupid. Um, All right, here's a, know, yeah, here's, here's a prop bet. Tell me if you like this one. Ready? Wentz, 250 passing yards. Fulgham, 60-plus rushing uh, receiving yards. Boston Scott, 50-plus rushing yards. It's plus 300. On all three of them? It, all three of them have to hit to hit your bet. Oh, you mean you have to win all three to get the plus 300? Yes. You can't just bet one? No. Like one or, I mean. It's one of them bet boost. I, the one I like is Fogum. To the get 60 plus? 60. I mean, I almost think he has to. Right. Um, Boston Scott, I just don't have, you know, with that line in front of him, I just don't have... The confidence. I mean, if you, if you took out those two seventy yard runs by Miles the last two weeks, they haven't, they haven't run the ran for crap. No. Um, and Wentz. I mean, I guess if you're not going to run the ball, somebody has to throw the ball. <laughs> I mean, you know, I here's the thing to me, Kevin. If Wentz is going to get hit sixteen times again, yeah, they could lose. You know, because that could result in a couple turnovers. That could, you know, your quarterback might not get up one time. Um, I would expect, even though it's a short week, and I would expect to see even more of um, the backup of Jalen Hurts this week. Let me I really would. Uh, total passing yards over under for Carson Wentz is two forty nine and a half. Yeah, well, I I, I mean, I I, I guess Which I, I don't think he's broken three hundred yeah, this year. I'm not I'm not sure. Um, but again, I don't know if they can run the ball. Yeah. So if you can't run the ball at some point, it, you know this might be one of those Dougie forty throw games. Yeah. Oh, um, <laughs> well, you might have you might not have any choice. I mean, um, the, the one guy that played so well in their Super Bowl year, he hasn't looked like the same player. No. Uh, number thirty, um, the kid from Climate. South Jersey, Clement. He he just doesn't look like the same player. No. Nope. And Boston Scott doesn't look like the player we saw the last four games of last year. So that being the case, and you don't have any tight ends, 
Um, although Rodgers isn't that horrible. I mean, he, you know, he, he does a fairly good job. Um, I don't know if he's a blocker or not because they might need an extra blocker. Uh, they got rid of the one lineman. You see they let him go? Yeah, I saw that. The guy that stunk. I mean, you know, if I'm the Giants defense, if I'm the Giants defensively, I basically try to tee off on Wentz and hope I get a couple turnovers that maybe I turn into short fields and things like that. And uh, and this be a nice week for the Eagles to get some turnovers. Yeah, it would be. And Playing they, against Jones, you know. And that's um, something that they haven't done enough yet. I mean, they have not been able to really first force turnovers. And that's not the way he plays. That's not the he, way he plays. He is not a turnover defense. No. Um, hey, look. Um, you know, but and again, but see, here, here's the funny thing about tomorrow's game. If they win, I'm not excited. Oh, no. Like. They're in a damn if you do situation. Yeah. And I mean, and if the Cow, I mean, look, I don't know if the Cowboys are going to beat Washington. On, on Sunday, I have no idea about that team. Uh, I, you know, um, so yeah, I mean, you know, and then they play the Cowboys the following with a, with a, you know an extra three days to get ready. Um, Cowboys had the Washington football team this weekend. Yeah, I, I mean, look, they, and, and I'm saying if they're four four and one after that second Giants game, a lot of people will kind of be thinking all is right with the world. Not in the sense that they're contending for the title. But just that, you know, we and I still think beating Dallas for the division means something to some people, to many people. I really do. I, I you know, and look, wouldn't we really want to see a playoff game in early January where maybe they have some of their guys back, maybe they're a little healthier, and at least you can dream a little bit like, hey, maybe we can beat the Bears if they come in or wh- whoever else we might be playing, the Saints or, or I, I don't know. Who could be that team? Maybe it's a rematch with the Rams. I don't know. Mike, you're mentioning um, you're mentioning that they better have four wins, or that that yeah, you could have four wins by the time you hit that bye after you play Dallas, right. you or even or after you play the Giants, rather. Okay, right. you better just the way their schedule shakes shakes down. You better at this point. Yeah, probably. But, but again, I don't know how many games Dallas is going to win. I mean, right? You know. The Eagles, I mean, this. I never thought I would say this because I really think it's stupid. But six, nine, and one could win the division. I still think it's going to take at least seven. But you know, well, I just if if Dallas keeps losing, because the Giants and the and Washington they stink. Well, Mike, one of the things that I have a problem coming to is if you don't have four wins after that second Giant game, okay? How do you get to seven? Well, you got to beat somebody you're not supposed to beat. Right. That's, but the last two weeks, they almost did that. Yeah. You know, we can sit here all we want. They could have beaten the Steelers. If that 55-yard field goal goes through, they might win that game. And last week, if they get the two-point conversion, they might be in overtime. I don't know. Maybe Baltimore would have came down and kicked the field goal. Who the hell knows? But – they played two of the better teams in the AFC, yeah, and almost won the game. That's that's all I can take from it, you know, for not scoring on your first six possessions last week and gaining like one yard, and and they still had a chance. Which they'll have four road games after this stretch. They'll have four road games, yeah, at Cleveland, at Green Bay, at Arizona, and at Dallas. Dallas is the one that appears to be a winnable game. Well. Yeah, but I'm, look, I'm not going to – who knows what Cleveland's going to be at that point? You know, Baker Mayfield might not be their quarterback at that point. Right. I mean, 
Yeah, would they be the underdog? Sure. I mean, Arizona, now, now we're all talking about Arizona like the world beaters. We weren't talking about them the two weeks before that like they were no, world beaters. And they'll have three home games. So it'll be Seattle, right. the Saints, and the uh, Washington football team. Yeah, I mean, you would think, you know, Washington, they, they you know, but it's the last game of year. Who the hell knows what's going on? But you would think that they should win that game if the game matters. I mean, I'm assuming right. the game will matter. But yeah, they're going to be they're going to be the underdog in a lot of games. Yeah. I mean, there's no doubt about it. But like the way the NFL is anymore, like when the Saints come here, now the Saints probably will be a better team by then. Yeah. Because they'll have the receiver back. But right now, like if the Eagles played the Saints this week here, you know, they'd be like, what, a five point underdog, four point underdog? I mean, five or six, like, yeah. Yeah. Well, again, it wouldn't be the biggest upset on the face of the planet. Oh, I mean, they could be a double digit underdog to Seattle and Green Bay. And Green Bay, yeah, probably sure. probably about a six to to Cle- five or six to Cleveland. But but that what does that mean, Kevin? Well, I'm just saying. They, I mean, they were they were yeah. But you're making see you try to look at things and say, well, they can't win that game because they're an eight point underdog. Which yes, on paper you're not supposed to win that game. I get it. But then they were, you know, they weren't favored the last two weeks and almost won. Uh, and, I think and then, this boils back to the original point that you have to win this game because you're. Just the way that the chips fall later in the year, you don't want to have to be playing mega catch-up against that schedule. You don't. I, I agree. I, you never want to play catch-up, no matter what you have. But, again, if they're sitting here 3-5-1 and one and they're half a game out of first, I'm not going to sit there and say, well, they can't do it. Now, it may turn out that way, that they may lose a lot of those games and they only wind up with five wins, and, mm-hmm. and that's not enough. I you know, I, 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 but when we play that game of looking on paper and saying, this is what, you know, this is what's, yeah, it's like the Phillies of last week. Well, you know, if the Phillies, all the Phillies had to do was win one goddamn game. One. Yeah. One out of like eight. Um, and, and they didn't. <laughs> you know, with Noah pitching and Wheeler pitching and, and, you know, leads in the ninth inning. And <laughs> come on. Now, now, like, wouldn't you have liked to have seen the Phillies? There you go. So the Phillies finished, what, 29 31. Yep. Now, if they had won one more game and made the playoffs, that wouldn't have made a difference in anybody's whatever. But wouldn't it have been better playing in the playoffs? Yeah, probably. Yeah. You know, it, it's all It eliminated better. the stench of what has happened. So It would just let you, for even if it was only for a day, enjoy the fact that your team was one of the teams playing, and especially in baseball. Baseball's right. a little bit different. Yeah, they could have won a game and then played mm-hmm. somebody in a best of three. And you know, who knows? Bryce Harper gets hot and hits three home runs and whatever. You know, that, now that probably can't happen with the Eagles because football's a different animal. But if they have a home playoff game here, regardless of who they play, they will have a chance to win that game. It's very simple. They may not have a chance to win the game after that. But, you know. The, You're uh, going to tell me if the Eagles beat the Bears here in the second week of January, it's like what? Equate it with something. I I don't know. Well, I don't know. Because you can't. It's like, I mean, everybody in this town had them beaten Seattle last year. And I'm like, wait a minute, Seattle's pretty good. Like, but they, okay. But it, as I said, it wouldn't be the biggest upset in, even no. in the history of the playoffs or even close to it. So. You know, now if they're playing a fourteen and two Kansas City team at home in January, yeah, that would be a major to do, but not the Bears. I'm, you know, who are the Bears? So you think they win tomorrow night? 
I, it, I, it's just hard to, wrap for this me up. to see them not winning. Yes. Okay. I think they win the next three. Okay. But I, I want to go one at a time. But, I mean, Dallas, I'll give the Eagles this much. They're not good. A lot of it has to do with injuries. Okay? That's for sure. Dallas, other than Dak, and that obviously hurts you. I'm not, I'm not minimizing Dak, but they had lost a lot of games with Dak when he was putting up 40. Their defense is like the Phillies' bullpen. How does that happen? Okay? And their offensive line is a mess. Yeah. So other than all the weapons they have, and their, and their big weapon fumbled the ball twice on, my, on the other night, which, you know, why he's doing that, I don't know. But Dallas just, you know, you look at Dallas and you're like, at least the Eagles have an excuse. Okay? They brought Mike McCarthy in. He looks like he's overmatched. Um, I, you know, I, it, it might be the worst. I think somebody said, Kevin, it's the worst division since the merger. Right. It's the first time after this many games that some team's been leading that wasn't at least three and three. Say, but if, if if Doug had played for the win and won the game, they might be three and three. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm losing my mind. I'm just, I'm losing no, my mind. you really? I couldn't tell. I think we all are in a way. All right, let's get. Oh, to- we are. Yeah. No, it's a city. Oh yeah. Oh oh no, we we are in deep deep depression. Yeah, let's get to the uh, let's get to Major League Baseball. Game one of the World Series was last night. Dodgers up one game to none after an eight three win. Um. I'm fine. You've talked about college football. I, look, Game Seven was riveting between the the Braves and the Dodgers the other night. Yeah, but you knew how it was going to end. I hate when I know how it's going to end. You know, you kind of have a feeling you know how this series is going to end too. I, I thought oh. going in the last night the Rays maybe had a shot, but the Dodgers right now just are on such a roll, and I don't know how it stops. But that's me. Like to know, it almost feels like going in the game too. The Dodgers are throwing a bullpen game tonight against Blake Snell. Um, yeah, well, the Rays got to win. Yeah, yeah this is a must-win I mean, tonight for the Rays. I yeah, think. you don't want to get. But I, but I won't. I don't think the series is. I mean, look, the Dodgers are the best team. We know that. We knew that before the season started. We didn't know what a sixty-game schedule was going to do, as opposed to a one-sixty. But they're the best team. I, I mean, they went out and got Mookie Betts. They, you know they. They're the best team. They they might have been the best team a few of the last few years and just didn't win it. Um, and that's the rare part. Baseball has finally gotten its at least record wise, its top two teams. I mean, well, the, that we should play a sixty game season every year, <laughs> and that way would yeah. Look, it it's the, the the Rays are a real interesting team because they don't spend a lot of money. Obviously, nope. they built their team a little bit like Kansas City built it when Kansas City won. Yep. They have some good players. The bullpen is fantastic. Um, and they're great manager. Way. Yeah, I mean, you know, and nobody knows about them. They're they're down there. In t- I find the interesting thing about this, regardless of whether LA wins or Tampa wins, one city will have two champions at the same time. Same time, and it doesn't happen a lot. Um, but obviously, it would be LA and Tampa won in hockey, right? Um, yeah, I mean, look, if the Dodgers don't win it. You know, especially now Kershaw pitched well last night, got his World Series win. I mean, I can feel for some of the guys in that team. I like Clayton Kershaw. Yeah. I know he's had a lot of issues in the playoffs, um, but he's probably deserving. I mean, he's going to the Hall of Fame. Um, 
it'd be nice if he had a ring on his resume, you know. Um, so, I mean, I, but I'm having a tough time getting into it. Well, and I was just going to say, you know, the one thing I've kind of found last night more than any other night of the playoffs is the neutral sites, you know, and, and Rob Manfred's talking about taking some of the ideas from this year and pushing them forward. He's talking about expanded playoffs, maybe 14 teams as opposed to 16 and given the reward for the top seeds overall, but the neutral sites go away. You know, this year you had to do it, obviously. He's not going to do neutral sites going forward. I, I don't think it's out. It's been bandied about there. Why? Well, Scott Boris wants a warm, thinks it's a fair situation to determine a champion where weather can't play into it. Kind of like it did here in 08 and 09 and, it's part of baseball. It's part of sports. It's part, you know, the most famous game in NFL history, and I understand football is different, was this, the ice ball in Green Bay. Um, the, the games in New England where you had snow on the ground. and, and um, No, that's a stupid idea. People, you know, I understand the neutral site for the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I, I get that. That's a, that, that's a one-day, you know. So you're going to ask fans to go to a neutral, a neutral site, site World Series for a week. Yeah, that works. Yeah, I think that works well. Yeah, I, yeah. Let me let me just let me just go for a week. I'm going to go out to Texas or wherever. And then what happens if one of the teams where your neutral site is actually in the World Series? They move it to another neutral site. I don't. No, I don't think. I, you can no. do it at that point. You, but you I mean, know, it, these these games, and I know they've had crowds in Texas, um, but these games have lacked some punch. They've lacked, uh, you know, having a little bit. October baseball is the crowd. Uh, and, and and the pressure and everything pulsating through a ballpark. Anybody who's Kevin, sat it's, in co- it's COVID, man. Oh, I know. You know. The NHL and the NBA, for as good as some of those things were, I'm not knocking them. I think they did a great job. They were lacking. It's not. It's no. not the same. The fans look. But, fans make sports. Okay, Alabama Auburn is not Alabama Auburn without ninety thousand people in Legion Field mm-hmm. or wherever they're playing the game. You've been to Notre Dame. You know what that's like. You've yeah. been to Penn State. You know what that's like. Um, that's what makes sports. Uh, even if it's a U.S. Open tennis final and you have, you know, 10,000 people in Arsenal or Ash or whatever it is and they're, and they're cheering and, they're, and, and the players are, are feeding off of it, there's none of that. But it's nobody's fault. It's, it's, oh, I'm not saying it's nobody's fault, but I don't no, want to see it being used as an excuse to maybe do it down the road. What do you mean is it? Like hey, I don't, look, I don't want them to adopt the score, Scott Boris idea of having a neutral site World Series. Well, I think, I think if they, I think if they do that, they're, it's a death knell. I, I think that's the worst thing they could ever do. I, that's just my opinion. If the World Series were a one-game game, or if it was maybe a best two or three, and maybe you could do it that way because it would be a weekend or something. But why would you deprive the fans in Philadelphia? Right. Or the fans in Pittsburgh, or the fans, fans in Tampa, St. Louis, uh, L.A., anywhere. Pick, pick your city. I don't care what city you pick. I, I mean, teams don't get there that often. No, yeah, you, no. I mean, you know, there are people in Philadelphia who will talk about being at Game uh, Five in 2008 for the rest of their lives. Well, think it, about- it won't go away. And the Super Bowl, as great as it is, it's not the same thing because no. there weren't. 50,000 average 50 people Eagle there. fans down there, right? You know, um, 
Well, I'll, it's g- different. I'll give the example. The, the best World Series of the last half decade was Indians and Cubs. Two starving cities. Yeah, it was good. Who had really, like, passionate every night. Here we go. Yeah. Biggest thing going. Mm-hmm. You know, that is baseball. That's October baseball I'll, right I'll there. Something better. And, even cl- and they were close enough where you had people in Chicago who could drive to Cleveland and vice right. versa. Um, think about 2001. Great World Series. I still think one of the greatest World Series for everything. Diamondbacks and, Diamondbacks and Yankees. Diamondbacks, yep. Yankees, Game 7. You know, those three games in New York, which came right after 9-11. Were a miracle for the sport. But what did that mean to New Yorkers? Oh, man, everything. And, and, and what did it mean to the people in Phoenix to have the Game 7, you know, there and Randy Johnson and, and Kurt, uh, the whole deal, Mariano getting beat for, like, the only time in his life in a big spot. Um I mean, that to me, and I know sometimes you play in bad weather. I get it. I'm not a big fan of b- bad weather. I, I hate it. Well, did you cover OE in 09? No, I did not. I was actually middle of college young. football, right? No, no. In, in 08, this is going to sound hilarious. Jason Martinez and I were on WIP. right. Game five, the game that got uh, um, stopped. Right. Because Jason and I did like three hours on what the hell was happening. Like, we didn't know what was going to happen. Um, and then I was back the next night, or what was it, like a two night before they played, right? Right. They they took the Tuesday off because it rained right. all day. It I actually snowed part of Tuesday. I might have been on again with Jason the night that they actually won it. I'm not a hundred percent sure of that, but I was on with Jason the night that the game when the game got canceled, and we didn't know because we didn't know if it was an official game, right? Uh, you know what what the hell was going on? But but to me. And it's the same, I think it's the same with the NBA and the NHL. You can't take those games away from the, the fans in those cities. No. Because and, all the games are going to be sold out. It's not like you're hurting for tickets or anything. Well, and, and I, I know people will go, well, you know, cold weather influences the game and everything. Well, that's great. Mm-hmm. I've yet to hear one person complain about sitting in a cold weather for a World Series. I, 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 hate, I hate cold weather. I, mean, I, was in, that, I was in Yankee Stadium for game six back in 09. It was about 40 degrees. I was in a parka. It was still game seven, uh, six of the World Games. Series. I mean, it's like, let's say for the I mean, look, we, we lived through the Fog Bowl, yeah. right? Okay. And the Fog Bowl could have happened anywhere. I, that's not like a temperature issue. But um, the Eagles probably win that game if it wasn't for that. Yeah. We've seen games the, you know, where it rains, and it just changes. Now, not much in the playoffs. You don't see it very often in the playoffs, but it happens. I mean, the one Super Bowl that Peyton Manning won against the Bears, it rained almost that whole game in yeah. Miami. Um, and, yeah, and in football, I understand you can put it in domes, and some baseball places have domes now that you can put it in. But you know what? I'm with you. Like, it's game Leave six, be. it's game seven. Be. It, yeah. and, 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 but you know what? Rob Manfred's such an idiot that it wouldn't shock me if, if like, if, if, it, when you said that to me, it just took me totally by surprise. Well, because, it, it's more a Scott Boris idea, but, it, you know. Well, screw him, too. I'm so sick of Scott Boris. Well, you know, go there is. dollars and ride off into the sunset somewhere. All right, so the expanded playoffs, Manfred floated around as a potential go for the future. The other ex, ex, the other thing is the extra inning rule that they have, that Manfred. Really Blow likes. that up. Okay. Blow it up. It's 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 like watching two high school teams play. 
but he did not commit to the National League with a designated hitter. Yeah, yeah, that might come at some point. I mean, I, I think like, that could be a collective bargaining thing in in two years. I mean, it's just like the seven inning doubleheader thing. I understand why they had to do it this year. I get it. That's not you don't do that. No. First of all, nobody plays doubleheaders anyway. But uh, who the hell wants to start a game in the tenth inning with a runner on second base? Are you kidding me? Really? They don't they care about is- baseball anymore. The powers that be at baseball don't care about the traditions of baseball then anymore. Then, 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 that's not a tradition, Kevin. That's, that's just the, the rules. I get it. It's just you you play, and every once a month or once every two months, a game goes 18 innings. I wouldn't ex- I wouldn't want that in my beer league softball. And yet, no. yet they're going to put it in baseball. It, it's, no. And, and look, I'm and not If that makes me old, then it makes me old. No, it's not, it's not about being old. I'm not even sure I like the rules with the pitchers. Like with the, you know, you got to pitch the three bat or whatever. To me, it was up to a manager. If he wanted to bring in four pitchers in a row to pitch to one batter, that's his prerogative. That's how, you know, and and this notion that, well, fans don't want to see it. That's the game. That's how, you know, he's trying to win the game. Um, And if that's his best way of winning the game. You know, if they want to, if they really want to legislate something in the game, ban the shift. They really want to legislate something, ban the shift. Well, I agree. I, I think the shift is stupid, but it, it, I blame hitters for not just taking the ball. I mean, Fox way, last night was showing. I'm trying to remember who it was. It might have been the Bellinger. Uh, no, no, it was Justin Turner was up. And they showed the race had all four, uh, basically three of the four infielders, like, playing third base, uh, you know, in between short and third <laughs> Between short and, and the second base bag, it was ridiculous. And Justin Turner, God forbid, couldn't hit a ball in the right field. Right field that, to save his life. That's the whole pro- That's the whole problem. Is hitters don't know how to do that. They don't. They don't. You know. I mean, I, I don't like the shift. No. But to me, again, that's up to a team. If a manager wants to put three outfielders in left field, hey, go ahead. Yeah. You know, I mean, to me, you should. Why they try to limit? What a guy can do within the rule book is just to me. I don't, you know, I don't understand. It's like it's like in football, they put in all these rules, like the pass interference. I mean, that pass interference on Sunday that they called against the guy on the Ravens. Yeah, when both guys were basically going up for the bike. on the hand fighting. Yeah, yeah, it's it's absurd now. What what is pass interference? And if the penalty is so severe, well, how about the one in Pittsburgh? Where they called it on Slay and the ball's six six or seven yards out of bounds. Yeah, but then they got one back because they called the offensive pass interference on the guy when he scored. Yeah. So it, it, pass interference is the it's I understand it's a hard thing to call. And that's why I think they should have replay on pass interference. Because, you know, maybe if the ref got a chance to look at it again, mm-hmm. but I think they should put in the rule book. Ticky tack doesn't count. No, <laughs> it just, just ticky tack does not count. Uh, we'll get to. Let me get to one quick. Do you think they're going to go to a neutral field? I don't rule anything out. If they f- think they can make more money, I think they would do it. How do you make more money, Kevin? I'm trying to understand this. You would bid it out like they do a Super Bowl, and uh, you can and sell it out as a marquee attraction and a tourist attraction. And they think and, people are going to go there for seven days. I, I don't know. I okay. I've given actually, I have actually, given up trying to guess what this commissioner wants to do. And in baseball, remember this now. I mean, it could be nine or ten days, right? Because you know, yeah, the two off days, Bill. Then, 
Right. I mean, the Super Bowl, you know when the Super Bowl is being played. You know you're going home the day after the Super Bowl. And unlike, unlike the Super Bowl where the Super Bowl normally is in a warm weather climate or a party city in the middle of February that people want to look to go somewhere, you know, the idea that the average fan is going to pick up and go at the end of October when I'll, I'll, you know, one, you know, you have a lot of other stuff going on. You have the NFL, you have college football, you have, you know, people who would make trips on those occasions. You also have people who, quite frankly, are planning for their holidays. People are going to be planning to travel at Thanksgiving, Christmas, who maybe not don't have the disposable income to do multiple tri- or the time off to do t- multiple trips. I mean, like if you go to Arlington, let's say, I don't know what Arlington seats. I'll say 50. I, I don't know. What Please Arlington don't make it Arlington every year. No, well, whatever. Pick use of whatever. What makes you think, so unless you get 50,000 people from around the country to come in, and then it becomes a corporate thing, I guess, yeah. like everything else in the world. But the people in Houston aren't going to buy tickets, are they? I mean, if there was a World Series in Philadelphia, which it wouldn't because we're cold weather, but if there was, I wouldn't go. I wouldn't care. If the, if the Mets were playing the um, – well, the Mets are a bad example because people would come down from New York. But, I mean, if the uh, – let's, let's say it's the Padres and the Rays. The Cardinals were playing the Padres, and you gave Wow, me that tickets. would be a National League well, – Okay, uh, Cardinals were playing the uh, race, 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 whomever. Uh, if you gave me tickets, I'd go probably. But yeah. seven games, I'm going to go. No. And I like that whole. It takes away that whole home and away thing too. Yeah, which I think is one thing that's been missing through these because they couldn't help it. No, it, and, and this it, year is an off the. This year's different. Right. This year is different. I but. Look, I don't rule anything out. If they think they can make money, like, putting it in Vegas for a week, I don't know. I don't know either. But, I mean, this was the weird thing with the NBA and NHL. Usually you're paying attention to who the home team is. Because you're like, okay, Denver won game two, and now they're going home for yeah for two. But there was none of that this year. It was weird because well, every game was every game. Well, imagine, actually, if this series was being taken place in the home cities now. If it was L.A. and Tampa. Okay, so tonight would be... Big game for Tampa. I mean, game. even bigger game. Yeah, yeah, because Tampa's going home for the next three. Well, it would be an even bigger game for L.A. Because, not, forget Tampa. Tampa's got to win tonight. I mean, you don't want to go down 2-zip right. to anybody. Last team, LA, to come back, last team to come back from 2-zip down, by the way, that was the 96 Yankees. Okay. But if you're the L.A.'s tonight, mm-hmm. and you know you got to go back to the Tampas, and you lose tonight. And you may not come home. You may not come home. Or even if you come home down 3-2, that's not necessarily a bargain. No. Um... Yeah, I mean, hey, look, 2020, hopefully not 2021, or at least not the whole of 2021. It's just going to go down as, you know, the year that you would like to erase from the books. Yes. It, it, but the Lakers still have their title. The Lightning still have their title. And one of these one two of these will have their title. Exactly. And and somebody's going to win in the NFL, Um, and nobody's ever going to take it away from them. And if Philadelphia had won one of those titles, we won't want anybody to take it away from us. Um, so you do the best you can. I think for the most part, everybody is trying to do the yeah. best they can. Let me, let me uh, move to one sixer topic. Uh, they signed yesterday Jameer Nelson to be a scout and assistant general manager of the uh, um, the, the Blue Coats, I guess they're called, down in Wilmington. But he yeah. is now within the organization. I missed that. Yes. Uh, so Jameer comes home. Uh, so what? What is his role? What, what's he going to do? He's going to be a scout. 
Okay. He's going to be an assistant GM for the Blue Coats, that the, okay. the NBDL. Isn't that what Elton Brand was? Kind you? of in that realm, yeah. Look, Jameer, look, I don't know Jameer as well as, like, Girardi knows him. I mean, obviously, right. they, you know, covered. I covered but a couple of Jameer all, things in high school and college. All but my dealings with him. He's awesome. He, but, he seemed like a class, as class as you could get. So anytime you're an organization, now, will he be competent doing what he's doing? I, I don't know. We'll find out. But to me, anytime you can add class to your organization, and I think when the Sixers were, I'm not saying that Brett Brown was not class. I do not mean no. this in that way. But yeah, Doc Doc Rivers and you had Doc Rivers extra level, and now he goes out and brings a guy in who I think used to be the Sacramento coach, uh, Dave Yorkson. Yeah, right. Who was um, actually mentioned when Brown got fired to be a potential head coach in Canada? Okay, so to me, Doc's bringing in more class. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I think in L.A., and it did, look, it didn't work out for him with the Clippers, okay? Whatever reason, but, you know, he had Ty Lu on the bench next yep. to him. I think most people would put Ty Lu in that realm. Um, I think, I don't know if Doc is going to make the ultimate difference that this team can get to a championship or get to the finals or however you want to quantify it. But I will say this, if Doc Rivers can't, then then this whole thing has been has been a bust. for naught. I agree. You know, um, but uh, congratulations to Jameer. I, I, I oh, we both know Jameer at least enough to know it's great for him. It's great for the uh, great for Chester yeah. because it's a local tie into the Sixers now with Chester, and it's it's good maybe that the Sixers have somebody who they can groom coming up you, in the organization. You know what was great? The the late great Jackie Shore. Yep. Um, always used to say that the best player he ever saw. Was Guy Rogers? Yeah. Now I'm talking about high school mm-hmm. uh, or, or college, right? College, because Will obviously, you know, would be better than that. Sure. At some point, um, but I remember him saying to me once when we were watching Jameer that Jameer was the closest thing he had ever seen to Guy Rogers. To Guy Rogers, which to me was like, like you think about Philadelphia, and we've had some great college players now. Michael Brooks was a player, national player of the year in 80 mm-hmm. for LaSalle. Lionel was obviously the national player of the year, I believe, in 90 with LaSalle. Um, I'm not sure if I really went back, if they even gave players of the year like out when Goal was playing or whatever. But I think they're the only two before Jameer. And when you're a national player of the year, like we did back in, um, I want to say the late 90s, we picked a um, – for the 40th anniversary of the Big Five, we picked an all-Big Five team. Yep. We had 10 guys. And I know me and Dick Girardi and Jackie would talk about this, like, after. And we'd say, like, who of the players today would we have had to add to that list and get rid of somebody? Jameer would have, have to, to be have been on in the, list. the top 10 players. He would have to be. There, there's Now, who we would knock off, I, okay. I, I don't all right. know. Okay, all right. You want to f- keep this going. Where would you put, like, a Jalen Brunson? Well... That, that, that was Who, the other that? name that, that has come up. Well, here was the 10 guys. If I can remember the 10 guys, and we had to be politically correct, I think we put a pen guy on when I don't think a pen guy necessarily would have actually been one of 10. It was Macon, um, Rogers, um, Hal Lear was not eligible because that was before the Big Five. He only played one year in the Big Five. I'm actually looking this up on, online. It was Rogers, Macon, uh, it was Michael Brooks, Lionel, Howard Porter, Kenny Durrett. Larry Cannon, we didn't put Ed Pinckney on him. People gave us a lot of crap for that, and I think they might have been right, but we didn't. Um, oh, my God, who else? That's seven. 
there was a pen guy. Um, so whoever was a really, really good pen player, and there was a lot of them. Uh, and there, uh, there, there had to be a St. Joe guy. Uh, maybe Mike Bantam or or Anderson. Right. Um. And I'm I'm sorry I can't come up with. You, you know, it's funny. I actually just googled this. Right. Yeah. And the article that comes up is Ed Rendell's one from 2014. Well, he, yeah, his don't count. Well, um, he well, he has cl- he has Cliff not, uh, uh, for he did it by school, like first team, second team by school. Right, 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 right. Um, we just picked ten guys. Right. And Jackie was part of it. Al Melter was part of it. Um, Hello, Dad. Me and Dick Girardi and, oh, God, there, there was maybe 10 of us. And we came up with our bouts. And some of the guys we left off, like the second team would have been awesome. All right. So um, th- this is – I'm going to give you Rendell's. I want to see what your – he had goal in there. Yeah, okay. Goal, well, goal is not in the big five. Big five. All right. Ken Durrett. Kenny, oh, Kenny Durrett for sure. Guy Rogers. Yeah. Cliff Anderson. That might have been our St. Joe guy. All right. Bobby McNeil he had. Uh, for who? For first team. For what team? What who did he play for? That's what I'm looking at. I think he, he was he a St. Joe guy? See, I don't remember Bobby McNeil. Bobby McNeil was St. Joe's. Okay, I see I don't remember him. Uh second team. He was not he was not one of our ten guys. No. I can S- tell second you that. team was Porter, Macon, Ernie Beck, Jameer Nelson, Hal Lear. Yeah, and I'm not Hal, – Hal Lear, again, only played one year in the Big Five. Big five. I'm not sure Ernie Beck played much in the Big Five either. And his so thir- our criteria right. was 50 – I think it was 56 on. Uh, his third team was Larry Cannon, Bob Morse. Wally, yeah, Bobby Morse was good. Wally Jones, Matt Gukas, Lionel Simmons. Yeah, see, here's where he's wrong. Okay. Uh, no, I'm just saying, <laughs> Lionel – Lionel has to be near the top of the list. Lionel has, to, has be to be near the top. I agree. I mean, he scored, he scored you know, 3,200 points or whatever the hell he ended up with. And and those look, those guys are all good. They're, they're, they're still, yeah. Larry Cannon was great. But I think, in retrospect, the, the, the argument that the Villanova person made to me, and I think it's right, that Harold, or, uh, Pinckney won a national championship, scored 1,500 points, and beat Patrick Ewing in the championship game, and 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 you know he's got a point. Yeah. But but at the same time, I think Jalen Brunson has to go ahead of that. You know, you know, Jalen Brunson was a national and, and this of the year. and this was 2014. So this is before. Right. He didn't know. You know he didn't know. Right. But like to me, we we did it in like 1996 because it would have been the 40th anniversary of the Big Five. Right. And I remember Cannon was on it, and I don't think Cannon would be on it now, and that's not anything against him. No, it's just that but, there's been other players that have come well, up. Yeah, who the would've... three guys from LaSalle, Durrett, Michael Brooks, and Lionel, have to be on it. They have to be. Porter has to be on it. Guy Rogers has to be on it. So that's five. Mm-hmm. Macon, I think, has to be on it. I agree. That's six. And then I th- and then I think, you, in my mind, now, talking now. Jameer. Jameer and Brunson have to be on it. Yeah. So that gives you eight. And then you know you can argue the the other guys, um, and I'm sure there's arguments because uh, they were all great players, or we wouldn't be discussing them. But Jalen Brunson won two national titles mm-hmm. and was a, na- a national player of the year. You, you, it, I I don't know what else you could do. Now was he a better player than Larry Cannon? I don't know. You know, or was he a better player than than? Um, you know, Mark Macon? 
I don't know. But but I know if you just go by that, you know, Mark Macon gets a bad rap because of the last game against Duke, which happened when he was a freshman. And the fact that Jay, I, I, I'll never forget Fran Dunphy's line. I asked him once about Mark Macon. I said, you know, yeah, yeah. he says, Mike, I only know one thing. And Dunph coached at Penn during Macon's career. And they weren't very good. They, you know, he was just starting. He says, I had one rule when we came down the court. Don't throw the ball to Mark Macon's side. And yeah. I thought for Fran Dunphy to say that was like, because Fran Dunphy's still Jackie Shore's favorite coach. Yeah. Um, and I just thought that pretty much said it all. And and the guy scored, yeah. And all, the knock always was, well, you know, you know, he shot this, he did this. Hey, in his final college game of his career against North Carolina up the Meadowlands, he had 31 points. Temple almost beat Carolina. He threw up a three at the end of the game. That was right on line, hit off the rim, bounced away, would have tied the game. I went up to Rick Fox later. I said, Rick, what were you thinking when Mark's shot was up in the air? He said, I thought it was going in because everything else he put up went in. You know, yeah. that's Rick Fox telling me that. I mean, <laughs> like, you know, but Mark gets a bad rap. You know, and that's fine. I get it. I, I, I totally understand it. Uh, I covered Scotty Reynolds. I thought Scotty Reynolds w- uh, wouldn't be on that first 10. No. Maybe even won't be on the second 10, but I'll tell you this much. He was the – and, and Jay, Jay and I kind of had this conversation one time. Did as much for that program as any player Villanova's ever had. Oh, another Villanova player that, that I think almost was John Pannone. Great player from the early 80s. You have Pannone um, over, over uh, Eddie Pinkney, though? No, I don't think that was the case, but I think they were both I'm, – I'm if I had the 10 guys in my head, Kevin, I, I would – I'm screwing you up. But Scotty Reynolds came at a time. He got them into the tournament the first year when they wouldn't have made the tournament coming off that final uh, eight year. He got them to the, the next year to a sweet 16 when they snuck in the tournament. His junior year, they gets them to the final four. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the final year, you know, ended in the second round. It didn't, but they were, they were 20 and one. And Jay said, if he had not come there, you know, because he, he left Oklahoma when Kelvin got in trouble. Can you imagine that program for, for those four years without Scotty? You know, and he scored 20, 2,200 points. Um, he's, he's like second behind Curry Kittles. Oh, Curry was on the team. I forgot Curry. Um, he was he was on there from Villanova. Yeah. ahead of Probably ahead of Pannon and Pinckney. Um, you know, but anyway, I mean, that's just my, my thoughts. I, I thought Scotty was tremendous, but Jalen's J- resume – and Jameer's resume, you know, it would have been a great game watching Jameer and, and uh, Jalen play one on one. That would have been good. <sighs> that would have been really good. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Or, no, not have them play one on one, but have them play on opposing teams. Yeah. As the point guards when both were like in their senior years. Well, Jalen only made it to his junior year, but. So, congratulations again to Jameer. Actually, I would love to have this big five conversation. Uh, again down the road. We can we, do it in a couple months when they're actually playing Big Five games. Maybe. Maybe. Hopefully. Well, actually, there was a schedule that came out today from uh, John Rothstein that has uh, Villanova playing three of the four Big Fives this year. Well, Penn, Penn is not okayed playing yet, have they? No. Or the Ivy League? No, and they would not okay playing, I think, until after Christmas. So then yeah, that probably won't be. That yeah, won't, that'll be that won't work play. with the conference schedule at this point. No. Um, unless they figured out a way to squeeze it in somehow. But I. You know, you might just 
I feel so bad for like somebody like Stevie, you know, who, right. and I don't even know how good they're supposed to be this year. I don't, I, I don't know that. I know they lost Brodeur. Um, but, you know, I mean, you're a coach. That's what you look forward to. Well, I mean, that's, that's and your, this would know? be the time they would start ramping up. It would be past Midnight Madness at this point. Oh, Again, ready to kind of get going with the with the heart of the schedule. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's funny. And before before I forget it, uh, in the next couple of weeks, I'm sure we'll hear about what happens with D2 and D3 schools. Obviously, my heart's a little bit connected with that with my time at Rosemont. Uh, it would not surprise me if there's no D2 or D3 basketball this year. You're already seeing Swarthmore is backed out. I it doesn't make Chester. sense, does it? No. No, I mean, because the cost of the testing not, is so expensive. And you're not making any money off it. So, no. No. Yeah, so I feel I feel for like I'll tell you where my heart goes out to right now is the Villanova football coach. Yeah. Um Mark Ferrante, who this year they would have been on paper a really top good. ten team. Well um, they, they would yeah, still have a shot though in the spring, I know. right? Yeah, well, that, I think, but, you know, who knows where we're going to be in the spring. I That's mean, a good point. You know, and they don't make a lot of money, you know, no. at, at that level. They're losing money. Um, but, uh, you know, you're a coach, man. That's what you do. Yep. You're a player. That's what you do. For a lot of these kids, that might be the last time you play. Um, and I understand why. I, I get it. I'd rather err on the side of people not getting too. sick, too. Mm-hmm. But it's just hard because – and now they're sort of out of sight, out of mind. You know, we don't even. It's going to make I mean, it. T- it's going to make it tough for recruiting. That's for damn sure. Well, we look, we talk about the one A schools because the one A schools are playing or are about to play. Right. Um. Penn State starts this week, right? The Big Ten. Big Ten starts on uh, Saturday. Right. Penn um, State's at Indiana. Ohio State has Nebraska. Biggest game of the weekend is Michigan and uh, Minnesota. Okay. Okay. Um. Okay, I mean, is there a big game in the SEC this week? I wasn't. I'm not even paying attention. Not really. Yeah. Okay. Because I know we had Bama and Georgia last week. I mean, look, what's Clemson and Notre Dame is two weeks from this weekend. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's a game I can get in. Look, even if Notre Dame's a 17 point underdog or whatever, which they it might very be. well could be. But I can get into that game because it's Notre Dame and it's Clemson, and I know goofy stuff can happen. Um. You know, and it'd be interesting to see what Clemson can do going. They've never been to Notre Dame, I guess, uh, or at least recently. There, um, I should point out, Mike, there are four games involving ranked teams this weekend. What are they? North Carolina, NC State. Carolina trying to come. Oh, Carolina might kill them. Yeah. They're 15 and a half point favorites. Oh, that's uh, wider. Yeah, okay. Oklahoma State, Iowa State. Yeah. Uh, Michigan, Minnesota, Michigan, a three yeah. point favorite on the road. Yeah. And Cincinnati SMU. That's a good game. It's the nine o'clock game on Espen two. That's I'm telling you, you know, people don't know about that league and I get it. Mm-hmm. I, I totally understand. But Cincinnati has been good. Like for a couple years now, fickles, the coach. I mean, he was at Ohio state. Um, they're good. And SMU is not bad. No, SMU is pretty good team. Uh, Memphis is a pretty good team. Central Florida is a pretty good team. And then I think Temple comes kind of right in after that. You know, Temple's like about the fifth best team in the league uh, on paper anyway. Um, But, yeah, I mean, the bottom teams in that league are no good, but the bottom teams in any league are no good. You know, the the ACC's got a lot of crap teams, but they got Clemson. Right. (laughs) The Big Ten can have all kind of crap teams. If they got Ohio State, and Penn State and Wisconsin, nobody cares. 
<laughs> it's yeah, it's, it's uh, Penn State, Indiana. That's an interesting game because Indiana is not typically what they've been over. What the, are the Knicks favored by? Six 16? and a half. Only six and a half. Mm-hmm. Don't you have to take the Knicks there? I think so. Ohio well, State's favored by twenty six. Clemson's yeah. favored by forty six. Who's Clemson playing? Syracuse. I don't even know why I asked you because it doesn't really matter. No. Um, Syracuse is, oh my right. God. Bama's I mean, got Tennessee. You know what's funny? Two years ago, I think it was two years ago. I don't think it was last year. Syracuse had a really good year. Yeah, they did. They had, they had, they had like a new coach. They beat Clemson, Dino Babers, and they, and they beat Clemson, remember? So what happened? Like, how do you go? I understand you, you're not that good, maybe, because you're Syracuse, but how do you go from that to being like one of the, maybe the 10 worst teams in college football? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you know, maybe it's – look, I, I don't know if they were supposed to be better if it wasn't for the pandemic. I have no idea. Um, I don't, I think, th- I don't think this is a pandemic thing because, to be honest – I don't either. But what I'm saying is if it wasn't a pandemic, would they be 6-6 six and six as opposed to, like, 2-10? and 10? I, I don't know that. You know, I don't know if they had players opt out. I, I You know, I, I, I don't know. Um any of that. By the way, um, we're talking about uh, Michigan, and we mentioned Michigan at Minnesota playing outdoors at Minnesota on a Saturday night. You'll you'll, you'll love this one. This is one of my favorite things, Mike. Ready? It's a forecast for Saturday night: a low of twenty-seven, snow fo- uh, period of evening snow followed by periods of snow late accumulating over two inches. So we're going to have our first snow game of the year. They, they the don't play indoors the up there, huh? No, they don't. See, I don't understand. I've, I've always had this opinion. If if you're in Minis- like Minneapolis, Detroit, maybe, uh, Green, like Wisconsin, I know Green Bay's not going to That was a big selling point for them, actually, to not have a dome. Minnesota? Yeah. See, they want to play outdoors. That. Yeah, and, and I, Look, I remember the games at Metropolitan. They, they were awesome. Yeah. You know. But I'm watching. I'm not trying to play in it. I'm no. just watching the games. And I think the Vikings had a huge home field advantage in that stuff. Mm-hmm. Back in the purple people eater days. Haven't been to a like Super Bowl that. since they left them. Yeah, well, there, there is that. Um, but I just, you know, like to me, that's football weather. Like what you're describing isn't something. No. Like it's not like you're saying it's going to be 10 inches or it's going to be 10 degrees. No, but it's a jolt that your opening game is going to be. Well, storm. yeah, but you got to remember, they're about a month ahead of us in yeah. weather. Like, they, they get that stuff a month before we kind of do. And the biggest game of Penn State's year, we should point out, is next week they get Ohio State coming to Happy Valley. So. Yeah. And see, and not knowing anything about anything, like I said, I, haven't, I, I got to admit, I, but to me, you got to play Michigan and Penn State. Yeah. Only on the fact that they're Michigan and Penn State. Now, I, I'm a little less enthusiastic about the Michigan one. Right. But to me, you know, Penn State should be able to go to Indiana and win. They should. Now, would, would they maybe not cover the six and a half? Yeah, I, yeah, sure. There's always that possibility. Um, but to me, that's that's just a game. And I don't think because it's your first game that you're looking ahead to Ohio State. Maybe you are. Yeah. But you haven't played a football game yet. You know, no. so. Um, and everybody seems to think you're the second or third best team in the conference. Yeah, you probably are behind Ohio State. And you said Wisconsin. Wisconsin's also, not bad to be too. Pretty good, right? Yeah, um, they play Friday night. We should point out. So, so what do you think? Assuming that Penn State doesn't lose, well, it, may, it might not even make a difference. 
and, and assuming Ohio State does what it's supposed to do. What do you think the line is next week? Ohio State by about 12. I think that might be a, a little bit high. Like, again, depending on what I, I'm thinking more like nine. I, I'm thinking that there's money in Vegas and those lines in Vegas are overly inflated because everybody's on Ohio State. Yeah, but Penn State's one of those teams too. I get like, it, but I, I think that there's a real push with Ohio State this year. That's just me. Yeah, but hasn't Penn State played them? They like, played them tough. Fairly tough. Yeah, yeah they have. I don't think this is um, as good a Penn State team as there's been the last couple of years, but that's me. Yeah, maybe not. I mean, you know, I mean, everybody seems to think Ohio State is going to be in the playoffs. Playoff. Um, so, you know. We mentioned this at the top of the show. Uh, today is a monumental anniversary in the history of Philadelphia sports. I was five foot six. No. No. 40 years ago tonight, October 21st, 1980. Oh, Tugger? Tugger. Tugger really and the Phillies. It was October 21st, huh? Yeah, and the Phillies I won still, their first World Series. Where were you at? Where, where were you watching? I was six years old. You were only six? My God, Kevin, I forgot. Okay. I was sorry. six years old. My father, I think I've told this story on podcast before, but I'm, my fa- I was afraid to go. We had season tickets at the time. I was okay. afraid to go because I was afraid of fireworks at six years old. Wasn't your dad working, like, somewhere? He was. He actually, he actually worked... Under the gates when they won the National League for the when they put the World Series tickets up for sale. Okay. And uh, got hurt. Oh. And uh, I could say this now. I think the statute of limitations is up. He was off. Uh, he was off basically on a work injury. It hurt his shoulder. Well, they called what everybody. Happened? A fan hit him or something? He got stomped. He got trampled. Jesus. They pushed When they were pushing to the line towards the window. You're he, serious. He got My knocked God. down and hurt his shoulder. Oh God! So the night of the World Series, <laughs> oh man, the night of the World Series, he had tickets for Game Six. He's his arms in a sling. His corporal calls him and goes, uh, "Kev, we need you in for crowd control tonight." You know, we're, we're, they're calling everybody in. Where was where were your seats at? His was in the six hundred level, like because okay. we had a seat, we had a partial game package, so it was a six hundred level round first base. Okay, yeah, and. Okay. He's like, you know, I, I can't, you know, he goes, you know, I got tickets, but, you know, my arms in a sling and everything. Like his corporal kind of went, okay, you know, you're marked down, doctor's excuse, everything. So he goes with my cousin or his cousin. His cousin's about 40 years old and lives in Pottstown. Meets him at this, at our house in Mayfair, drives down to the ball game. Okay. My dad, season ticket holder since the, the early 60s with his father. This is the, like the continuation of the tickets and everything. Get to the fifth inning, my cousin, or his cousin, rather. I, uh, we call him Uncle George. Just, you know, when you're six, you call everybody uncle. Um, turns him and goes, hey, I want to leave in the seventh inning because I don't want to get stuck in uh, any celebration. And my dad's like, you know, he lived in Pottstown. And my, See ya. See ya. Well, and my, and my dad's like, well, they drove down together. Your dad just said, I'm going to take Scepter. <laughs> you well, can't miss that. But dad drove. Well, then you tell him that you're staying. <laughs> and I'm dad tired. ended up driving home and walking in the house. No. At the start of the ninth inning. No, no. See, 
That's a violation. And my father, to the day he died, said it was the dumbest movie ever made in his life. No, 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 no. That, that, no, no, no. Now, I walked out of Black Friday at the start of the ninth inning when the Phillies were winning 5-3 because I was with my friend. He drove. I, I didn't drive yet, I don't think, or maybe, maybe I, whatever. And But that was different. That wasn't like a clinching game or that wasn't, you know, we never saw the Dodgers score the three runs in the top of the ninth inning. Um, we heard about it in the parking lot across the street. But um, no, 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 no. Well, no. I think they had the image of what happened at Yankee Stadium in the 70s when. Don't care. I know. Don't care. I agree. Don't care. No, no, you can't. And, and, no. and so the final part of the story is when the Phillies won in 08, I tried to get my dad tickets for game five. And I was all lined up, and he couldn't go because he was working at that time and couldn't find anybody to cover for him. So my dad missed both of the Phillies' World Series. Did you call your Uncle George to go in 08? He had passed away in 08. Okay, sorry to hear that. No, but it um, was like, I, I remember, I remember, Dad, what are you doing here? You know? well, I remember I worked at the at the Mayfair Diner at the time, and and um, no no I worked at the Daily News. I'm sorry, I take that back. My days off were Tuesdays and obviously Saturdays because we mm-hmm. didn't have a Sunday paper. So that game was a Tuesday night. I was off, so I went to my friend's house. I bought a bottle of champagne. When they got the last out, we went out on the front lawn. We uncorked it. And I didn't know, little did I know that Cotman and Frankfurt was turning into a hot spot. Yeah. Oh, my God. Same thing was when the Flyers had won in, in their, the Stanley Cups. But, yeah, that's – and I and if, if if it had been a Wednesday night, I would have been in the office, you know, uh, working. Because um, there's not – you know, I couldn't have done anything about it. But, um, yeah, it was um, – Like, it was, like the, the nights I remember – as a fan, uh, you know, 93 when they beat the Braves, I remember going to Frankfurt and Cotman. Uh, I went with my friends in 01. I never this, went to Frankfurt and Cotman. I knew better. I went with my friends in 01 and 04 when the Sixers no. and the Eagles went to one and went to its I, I would look at it from about two blocks away. Yeah. But I never forget a person I knew. I almost got beamed with a, with a, yeah. with a bottle. See, I, that's, yeah, yeah. Somebody I knew, it wasn't like a friend, but somebody I knew, Apparently, in I think it was the Flyers one. I think it would have been 75, 74. Mm-hmm. What was the first one? 74, 74. right? Yeah. Um, I was six months climbed old. Up, climbed up on a billboard above where the, the Mayfair movies used to be, which is at Cotman and Frankfurt. Now it's like a, a CVS a, or something. Yeah, it's a health um, center. And apparently pissed off the billboard. And when I heard that, I was like, eh, you know, I don't really need that. Because when the Flyers won in 75, 74, I was working at the Mayfair Diner. And so the game ended at like 5.06. My shift started at 5. So we're in there, you know, and we were running back to watch it on the TV in the back. So we didn't know what was going to happen. Nobody knew what was going to happen. And all of a sudden you see Frankfurt Avenue turning into a sea of whatever. And that's when we realized how nutty. Yeah. It was getting. I think I got done like nine o'clock, and I think I wandered down there towards it. But then, like I said, I got within like a block or two, and said, hey, "I, I, I don't think so. I don't think so." So, Uncle George, man, forty years ago oh my God. tonight. So, what would have happened if your dad would have said, uh, "George, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not leaving." 
Well, dad should have said that. And, yeah. and look, I would have been, and I felt bad because I would have been there if I had not been this terribly afraid of fireworks. Well, at least I'll say this. Your dad got to see the end of the game. He so, did. Oh, he wasn't so, stuck in traffic. Yeah, that would have been awful. But there's something to be said for that. So, you know. I mean, I'll, I'll I still have that. I still have actually the ticket from that uh, upstairs, I think. You know what I, had to, what I have from the um, one of my great moments? I was at the Eagles-Dallas game when, you know, the Eagles beat the Cowboys. Cowboys to go to the Super Bowl. Wilbert Montgomery ran towards me when he scored the opening touchdown. And um, I have a Dallas sucks button. Don't ask me how I got it, where I got it. I don't know. I, who knows? I was 22 at the time. But I still have it. Dallas sucks. Mm-hmm. It was the greatest moment. In, in, it was almost better than winning the World Series. It was almost, you know, it, it, you, you can't equate that moment because it was the Cowboys. Right. But then, of course, two I, weeks later, I would, you know, they lost the Super Bowl. And, okay, so what's the best sporting event? We've asked this before, I think, on this show. What's the best sporting event you've seen live? Is it that? No, the best sporting event I saw live. Now, this is without giving it deep thought. Uh, well... Tiger Woods winning the 2008 U.S. Open. Okay, at, at one, Torrey on Pines. On one leg, 91 At Torrey holes. Pines, right. That was pretty good. The 92 Duke-Kentucky game okay. was was up there. Now, those two don't involve Philadelphia teams. Right. So, if you're going to say Philadelphia teams, I know this sounds ridiculous because obviously the Flyers beating the Bruins one nothing. That was that was flipping awesome. Right. Um, but that Dallas Cowboys game was something else, man. I mean, to, to be it was the Cowboys. You know, it, it was the it was the Cowboys. I, I'll say like my top five. Um, Nova Carolina in sixteen is the top for me. Um. Because Nova, the idea of that image. Yeah, no, you're. I forgot. You, yeah, you're right. That image right. Of, of Jenkins with the arms yeah. extended and the buzzer beater and the confetti and everything is that's forever. Yeah. I'm in, sorry, in the history I of the tournament. That. You're right. You're right. Yeah, um, you're right. I'll go. My second was the playoff no hitter by by Roy, by Roy Halladay, just because of the uniqueness yeah. of it. Yeah. Okay. Um. Third was the Phillies winning the World Series in 08. And just how weird that game was, obviously, with the rain delay and and, and all that. Uh, Fourth was the 13 Open. And I know you saw a ton of Open, so it may not be like, but watching watching on Saturday and following Mickelson around on Saturday was something else. Yeah. No, it's, yeah, but I mean, I I, I totally understand what you're saying. Um, But, But 08 was. You know, a guy winning on one leg over 91 holes. Yeah. It, it was incredible. Uh, finally, uh, I told Mike this at the beginning of the show, uh, before we went on. Uh, yeah, because I got to get going. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing this. Uh, we did a, we did a, um, I took a trip down to Reading Terminal Market today. Obviously, some of you have heard that they are struggling right now. Uh, took my stepdaughter. And uh, just able to uh, support the businesses. Obviously, they've been hurt by the pandemic. Uh, less businesses being opened down in Center City. Uh, Mike and I both know how much we love that place. And uh, 
it was pretty cool to be down there. So if you get a shot, there's a GoFundMe page. You can look it up and, and find. If you've never been to the Reading Terminal Market, you got to get there. You, you need to go and yeah. bring an appetite because you might eat it like four different places and take stuff home with you. Whoa. I'm sorry. There's a breaking news. Pat Chambers is stepping down as Penn State's head basketball coach. Official announcement is expected soon. Is that because of the stuff that's happened? It has not. John Rothstein just tweeted this out. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Uh, I mean, there's there's been questions of things going on. Like, I'm not accusing anybody of anything. I'm just telling you what's been written. Right. And, and, you know, that there was issues up there. Um, But, you know. Um, it, this just seems like a weird time. It is, unless maybe there's, unless maybe there's a health issue or something that we're not aware of. I hope not. I hope it's not a health issue. No, that's not. Um, you know, trying to see if there's anybody else. Uh, Wonder if that's a good. Is that a good? Job? After an internal investigation into the coach, yeah. Dana O'Neill has confirmed. Yep. That that so yeah. Uh, it doesn't shock me. Following Dave Jones's report of internal investigation into the coach. Yeah. I'm not close enough to that situation. Yeah, maybe we can get Dave on, you know, at some point and ask him. But you know, I was actually looking about trying to get Dave on for for Friday anyway because of the, well, then, then try to get him on. Yeah, I'll, uh, um, I'll give him. That, it does. It didn't shock me when you said that. It's just kind of the timing of everything. But and like I said, I don't know what goes on at Penn State or what doesn't go on. Um, but there have been rumblings. So if they did an investigation, they must have found, or at least thought they found. Something. Here is Jones's comment. Sources have indicated it was launched after recent public comments of former PSU and current Iowa State guard Rasul Rasir Bolton and those graduated guard slash current Ma- Dallas Maverick Josh Reeves. Those interviewed have been asked the questions about possible recruiting irregularities. Yeah, well, that, but that's every program. I, I don't care. We could talk about any program in the world. From Jay Wright on down, and I'm not saying that Jay Wright cheats or Jay, I'm just saying every program that tries to be successful has usually has to bend rules. And Penn State was coming from nothing. You're trying to get players to go to Penn State, especially from Philadelphia, from the city of Philadelphia that went to Penn State, who had never considered Penn State before. And I'm not saying that they did anything. I'm just no, saying that's but- what people are going to say. And you know, I mean, you know, we've heard stuff about Bill Self. We hear stuff about John Calipari. We hear stuff about Roy Williams. Uh, you know, th- th- these are names bigger than Pat Chambers. Yeah. Um, but then I guess the question becomes, is that a good job? Uh, you know, which direction? Because, look, whatever you want to say about Pat, especially the last couple of years, he's done a pretty good job of, of at least Pat got him back in. Pat, they would have made the tournament last year if there was a tournament. Right. And I know they didn't do as well at the end of the year as they had done. They lost a player. One of the players got mono. And and it kind of screwed them up there down the stretch, um, but he's done a good job. Uh, I mean, I would think he's done a good job, but I don't think he's done a not good job. Um, yeah, I mean, I can always give Dick Girardi a call because Dick does, you know. Yeah, I'm not, I mean, well, let's know. also be honest. I'm, you know, there's some people I'm sure who are not going to want to talk about this. Oh no, Dick won't be able to talk for the record. No, no. I would never ask Dick to, no. to do that. But I'm saying is he, you know, um, but yeah, I mean, like when you said that, it didn't shock me. 
And I had well, no the idea timing was, of it shocks you because we were we were at the edge of the season at this point. Yeah, but I had no idea there was an investigation well, going on. And so you I, and you got the Greg Marshall investigation going on right now at Wichita State. Well, the stuff they're saying about Greg Marshall is criminal. Yeah, I, I mean, it's forget like recruit. I mean, he was doing stuff that other coaches it's got abuse. fired for. It's abuse. Yes, and not like one instance. Right. Did you see how many how many players? I think in the last year he's lost like six players. Was it Winthrop transferred out of that program? Was it? And Win- they were. Was he at Winthrop before? Oh, that look. He's been there for a while, but I mean, he went to the he went to the national title oh, game, game, and the next year was a number one seed, and then they paired him against Kentucky in the second round. Well, he went to the final four. He didn't get a national title game, but yeah. Okay, he went to the final four, but the next year he was a one one seed. seed. Yeah, and got they put him in the bracket with Kentucky, which was an eight that year, mm-hmm. and Kentucky beat them in the second round. Um, but yeah, I, hey, look, Kevin, this is my take on the whole coaching profession. There is so much pressure on these guys, mm-hmm. and I know what Jay went through when they had those couple of bad yeah, years. You and I have talked about it in the past. I mean, and I mean we've talked about it with Jay. I mean, we saw it with Dunf, what the pressure did to Dunf. We've seen it with Giannini. We saw, saw it with, with Martelli, Phil. yeah. We saw it with everybody. I mean, look look at what happened to Penn. Yeah. With, with, with you know, the, 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 uh, with Jerome. I mean, who would have ever thought, you know, with Jerome? There's so much pressure on these guys to succeed. That's why they make the big money. Um, and it's not just guys around here. It's Bill Self. It's Roy Williams. It's The only difference at those schools is, the alums get involved. You, you know, there's there's different ways to move different mountains. And I think when you want to look at Chambers and you want to look at the whole Penn State situation, Penn State has always been viewed as a football school. So, yeah, the idea is, well, the head basketball coach doesn't have the pressure on them because they're not really expected to win because everybody focuses on the but football program. But there program. is. These days But there, there is. is. And not to the level that Franklin feels. Right. And, and so maybe because of that micro-focus on what's happened on with football, it's easy for an athletic department to let other stuff go off to the side. I, I guess. I mean, I'm sure there, at some point in the last couple of years, somebody said to Pat, hey, you really should make the NCAA tournament or you might not have a job next year. You know, I, I mean, because he's been there about, what, nine years? Mm-hmm. No, no, he went there. Yeah, his, this was like, his ninth year. He was going into right, his tenth year. Right. So, you know. Well, um, well, and I'll give Pat this. Pat did find Philadelphia on a map, which a lot of, Absolutely. Penn State coaches did not even try. I but remember going the question, to, but then the question becomes: Well, what did he do to get him there? Why all of a sudden did kids from Philadelphia want to want go to, to Penn, Penn State? State? Yeah, and that's a fair want, point. And maybe they just want to go to Penn State. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say that they cheated because I don't know if they. But I remember, they, I remember the mindset because even when you know, look, when I was covering Pennsbury basketball, you know, back at, and they had Lavoy Allen and Dalton Pepper, and I know for a fact that. One of them would have liked to have gone to Penn State at that point. Yeah, and the Penn State people are like, you know, I talked to her like, well, you know, we'll never have a shot. Yeah, well, well, it's I like, remember, well, try. I remember about four or five years ago, they got. I think when they got the first real good kid out of Roman or something or Newman Garetti or yeah. somewhere. And I don't follow. There like, were there were arched eyebrows at that point. And I never followed the. Yeah, no, I, I know. You know. But people would. I had a couple people who came up to me and with rumors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well. You know, we heard this. Yep. We heard that. And I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, well, you heard this or you heard that, and then, you know, uh, whatever. Um, I mean, I don't know what to make of that crap. I I used to hear things, you know, 
about some of the coaches that we would know. I mean, yeah. I always said that the, the, the people in Philadelphia, like Temple didn't have the wherewithal to cheat, even no. if they wanted to. They couldn't. They, they didn't have the, the, the wherewithal. Mm-hmm. I, don't th- I don't even think Villanova does. No. To be honest with you, I mean, they have more alums that, that can do things than some of the other schools, but um, I'll, I'll never forget what Jay Wright said to me one time. Must be five or six years old by now. I don't remember. Jay looked at me and he said, Mike, it's a recruiting is a cesspool. Mm-hmm. That was his word. And he said, I could tell you stories that would make you cringe. And he's there. They're not even all the stories. They're just no. the tip of the iceberg stories. And this is Jay Wright telling me this. Yeah. It, it's you know, a- this isn't some sleazeball guy out in the middle of no. wherever. And I don't think Pat Chambers is a sleazeball guy either. Um, but like I said, you know, is Bill Self a sleazeball guy? Is Roy Williams a see? See, I, I all these again. Guys- I'm not sure. I'm surprised by what's happened. I'm surprised mm-hmm. by the timing. Well, think about some of the guys, Kevin. Some of the stories you hear. Like now, we heard about what was it, Arizona? Or I guess it was Arizona with Aiton, right? Yeah. When Aiton went, and after these guys are gone, or they only play, or, and then the stories come out. You know, what was the one guy? That well, just, the Sean I, Miller I, stuff, yeah. Yeah, but what was the one guy because of Adidas or something, right? They, he was getting money from it, and you hear these stories after the fact. This guy got this. This guy allegedly got this. Yeah, what, and you know it's going on. I mean, you know it's going on. And but, this is what happens when you have an organization that just relies on self policing, and that's what's happened with the NCAA. They, they've allowed well, these coaches to, to run their I own was, rules. I was watching a thirty for thirty last night that I had not seen before. It was the first part of Michael Vick, right? And the second part's actually on tonight, and it was it was pretty fascinating. I, I enjoyed thirty for thirty is usually pretty good, pretty anyway, good. But Michael had this one quote at one point. He says, "I'm at Virginia Tech." I'm on the cover of Sports Illustrated. I'm on the cover of this. I'm on the cover of that. Every jersey has. We're playing for the the national title game. My family's still living in poverty back in wherever they lived in Virginia, I guess it was. Um, And he just had this look on his face like, how is that possible? And that's the problem with this whole system Mm -hmm. is that we can argue that, well, you're getting a free education. You know, and the Fab Five, I think, brought this to light. When they started saying what they were saying 20, almost 30 years ago, was it, you know, how come my jersey's selling for $89 in the school store and I'm getting Zulcho from that? And it, it may not have your name on it, but it has your number on it. And you, well, it everybody. Has your likeness. I mean, that's, yeah. and that's what I guess the guy from UCLA eventually sued. I, and he won, didn't he? Hey, that was for the video game, yeah. Yeah, but it was his likeness. They, they were suing over the, the people using his likeness yep. to make money. And. I can feel for a Michael Vick. Like, but the problem is, if you do something for Michael Vick, what do you do for the third string left tackle whose family is still living in poverty? Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't, don't know. have the answer to that. Nope. Um, and nobody does. That's the reason athletes still aren't getting paid. And I think even if they if they figure out a way to try to do it, it's not gonna work. Because you're gonna have to have a pay scale. Yeah. You know, if I win a Heisman trophy, do I get a ten grand bonus? You know, if I make first team All America, do I get this? If I, you know, it, it's it is what it is, and, it, and and I don't think it's going to change because a lot of athletes come from bad situations, and this is their way out of that situation, yep. and they, they're going to have their hand out. Yep. They're, and and they're and the people representing them are going to have their hand out, and their family's going to say, "What can you do for do us? us?" I mean, Reggie Bush, right? Reggie Bush, that was the whole thing, right? Yeah. You know, and um. 
So do I think Reggie Bush was one guy in the wilderness? No. 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 You know, so. All right. Whatever. We're going to let you go. Uh, okay, man. We will talk to each other on Friday. Who knows where this is going to lead, but uh, some breaking news at the end of the show. Thank you, Michael. Okay, babe. Take uh, care. Uh, thanks to you for joining us on this busy show. We will see you on Friday. We'll talk Eagles Giants recap and we'll look ahead football picks and everything going on. This has been Working Beat. Well, you went uptown riding in your limousine.